The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft. We'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. We welcome our online listeners. It's good to have you with us, as well as you folks here in the uh, auditorium tonight. This is the Identity Matters Worldview Seminar. It is a part of a one-day conference we have put together on worldview issues. So what we basically did is we pulled together some of the key pictorials or diagrams that communicate very quickly within a couple hours here, communicate very quickly one of the most uh, traumatic crisis that's facing the church today. It's not going to be received well by many people is my guess because there are so many churches and and Christians who have worked so diligently to pursue peace with all men to the point that they're unable to discern the truth anymore at least on a regular basis so we have an issue to deal with when it comes to worldview worldview of course is popular word that is used out there and typically it could mean probably a hundred different things but I'm going to specifically go for one little pocket a laser beam approach to one little pocket of this worldview crisis that we're in and it is the millennial generation. I ask a lot of questions. I try to get as much research done as possible by out of the horse's mouth and then kind of work from there. And most people that I've talked to and asked them questions about in regard to the millennials, they've heard the term, of course, because it's been thrown around a little bit, but they're they're really not able to define exactly what they believe. And that's our objective tonight. But before we get rolling on that, if you have a smartphone and you want to get a copy, digital copy, or you can print it off too when you get home, we have an app that you can download if you have an Android phone. And we're still waiting approval on Apple. We're almost there. But this app, after you download it, it obviously is going to take you to the homepage of IOM America, which is uh, our ministry. And then once it loads, there's going to be three buttons there. One of the buttons is the Belmont Sermon Notes. That's what the people heard yesterday. And then there is a registration which is also a webinar registration. Hopefully by the end of tomorrow, this will be put on our Sermon.net account, and then we're going to send links out, delayed podcast links, 
out to the people that registered through the uh, webinar. So that's kind of how we do it. And if you click on the Worldview Seminar Notes, it'll take you immediately to the very slides that I'm going to take you through tonight uh, will be available for you as you're listening. And if you have an iPhone, you just go through your browser and just put iomamerica.org and it'll take you to our homepage and those links are right there on the homepage. When you guys think of worldview, what's what's some of the the things that come to mind? Of the world as a whole, life in general, okay? We're told that we're the first to use the term Christ as life worldview. I'm like, seriously? See, you could have a dark worldview, you could have a demonic worldview, you could have a the list is very, very long. I have to ask this question of really where does the word come from that people put in front of worldview? And the good Lord just, I mean, it took split seconds, but the good Lord connected the two right away. It is whatever your identity is. That's what people are interested in a, in a worldview, is whatever your identity is. Well, Christ as life is my identity, actually in and through Christ himself. So we're going to look at a few things here tonight that everything we talk about has to come through the mind of Christ. See, Christ as life inside you, it's not your worldview that is even interesting or even worth researching or debating or promoting, even though there's billions of dollars made on it. Christ's mind actually lives inside the indwelt believer. He didn't go brainless when we received him into our lives. And you know what? I look around the body of Christ and I see the majority of the body of Christ functioning as if Christ is brainless. Mindless. So they just default to their own minds. Well, guess what? There is a worldview inside your human mind. So as you default to your worldview, you've shifted your identity. Everything has to be looked at from beginning to end through the mind of Christ thinking through you. Viewing through you. That's why I like asking Jesus the question often, how do you view this, Lord? He'll lead me to scriptures or talking to someone or whatever and get my view lined up with his that doesn't need to be lined up. Right? Now, another question before we move on is, what have you heard about the millennial generation. Yes, it's a good one. They're very narcissistic. Of course, we all are, but in and of ourselves. Don't they dress a little funky? You know, they got, they got my dad's old military glasses. And they have my grandpa's cap. Pink pants or pink tie. And, you know, it's just bits and pieces 
Next time you see a true millennial who is bragging about it, you're going to see on their body, from the haircut all the way to the shoes, cut and pasting from different sections of history and applying it to them. And from that premise, we're going to understand a lot of good things. Now, you're probably familiar with the idea is at the basis of everything. Every person you're going to meet tomorrow, old friend, family member, new friend, stranger, everything is based on identity. If you want to find the doorway to their destiny, listen to them talk or walk. We can't go by how they dress because we are to be all things to all people without adopting their culture. There's a difference. If you remain separate without adopting their culture, you can actually dress like the most modern way of dressing or have a modern haircut or whatever it is that you like. But the soul, it's a whole different deal. Identity does matter. And I believe that Satan is coming to steal. Every day, all day long, he's coming to steal what a lot of people think as their identity in Christ. Oh, I'm beyond that statement. Satan is coming to steal not for reasons of of hurting you, even though he probably enjoys that. He wants to steal the identity of Jesus Christ in all of the earth. He has to steal it in order to get in that position of controlling the world. He won't be able to do it unless that happens. And the greatest target, I mean, we wear t-shirts that have got a great big bullseye on the front of and the back of this t-shirt that says, shoot here. It is an actual warfare issue that we have to deal with every single day. So, yes, Satan is interested in hurting you, but what he really wants is to steal the identity of Jesus Christ from culture, government, churches, families. And you know the list goes on. Once he steals the identity of Jesus Christ, who beholds the identity of God the Father, then he came and gave his identity to us as a gift. Because it's not I anymore. It is Christ's identity. And Christ would say, well, whatever you see my fa- what me doing, it's my Father who is doing it. Whatever you hear me say, it's not I who's saying it. See, it's an identity issue. And Satan needs to steal it in order to get that seven-year reign set up. There are people I bump into all the time, they do not like talking about prophecy. Well, I'm, that's kind of one of my great loves. 
I understand that because it causes fear, which causes me to ask a few more questions. And one of those has to be, why can they not fear not? What's going on that they hand their confidence over to the enemy every single day? Oh, because we're human, because we're... Yeah, but see, he came to get our minds off of that and to set our minds on heavenly things. So I think we're in a period in prophecy where the Lord is separating the goats from the sheep. You fill a church up on Sunday morning, the odds are, if the Hebrew coding is correct, 90% of the people sitting in those pews are unsaved. They're emergent. They're easier led by something they're reading than it is by the life of Christ within them, which might beg a question is, are they a follower or are they indwelt? There lies our crisis. Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege of gathering together in your holy name. You said where two or more are gathered that you shall be there, are here, are in us. Father, if there's even someone sitting in this auditorium tonight who's a follower and not indwelt, I pray the Holy Spirit would be released upon that person. Father, if there's any online listeners that are driving down the highway, listening, or are listening to this podcast for devotions, or whatever the reason may be, and the Holy Spirit is convicting them that they are a follower and they are not indwelt by your Son, I pray for them. I pray that the this little short seminar, Father, would be power-packed with powerful truths that will set people free. Thank you for the testimonies that I've received even since being here, from salvations to awakening the souls of followers. We love you and we look forward to seeing, hearing what you're going to do with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Podcast listeners, if you want to get in touch with me, there's something you got to discover about me right away is that if you text me at 602-292-2982, I will respond. You might get a mass text from me, but anyone who responds from a mass text, I always respond personally. At 602-292-2982. Because usually those kinds of texts are filled with questions about salvation. Questions about walking in Christ. Some of the most important questions that can be asked. So please, text me. And we have a little network that we might be able to find you a good church that a pastor actually preaches the exchange life of who you're not and who you really are. 
So please, don't just listen to this message, respond to it. Our vision is basically really simple. We want to take what I just said to you and advance the exchange life in more of a global world manner. The Lord initially gave me this vision, which I thought it was going to be for politics. It was my doctorate project. It's called Faith-Based Initiative. Ended up working for George W. Bush for five years, and we worked on stuff there. And You know, the whole terrorist thing kind of changed that up a bit. And then Dr. Solomon and I got reconnected, and we talked about the idea of taking this political initiative and getting it into the exchange life community. And that's what we did. It's a lot of hard work. We haven't even launched the IFEL site, the International Fellowship of Exchange Life, but we've been collecting names for a handful of years. And our whole goal and purpose is to get a network together of pastors and Sunday school teachers and and moms and dads and teenagers or whoever they are who believe what we're talking about here tonight and to have a mutual place and e-community that they can come to and get further training. We are collecting authors from all over the world. No author can actually be a member unless they give us permission to have free PDFs of their books or at least a book. If they've written 20, we need at least one book that's free because our buddies in Africa don't go to Amazon.com. They don't pull out credit cards. They're not Americanized, most of them. It needs to be given to them. It's freely given to us, so why not? Within this mission, we have basically three folds. And in these three folds, we have biblical worldview, which is what we're doing tonight, discipleship and training, which oftentimes I just refer that to Grace Fellowship International. And then the third one is the Exchange Life Global Initiative, which is what I just explained. So what it looks like is the 12 points of the light of Christ are the global unity among just believers preaching the same cause worldwide, whatever the end time issue is for the Holy Spirit, I would think every pastor and leader should be preaching on it. I happen to believe it's the exchanged life. Because if you don't get the whole thing about who's really in you to do the thinking through you, you'll never get the peace that who's in you that's going to do the walking it out through you. You'll never get it. You'll always be in self-effort. The church is sick. And it's dying in front of us. And we have to join forces with people who are teaching who they are in Christ and who Christ is in them. We just have to. We want to unite everyone under a single identity. That's duh. We want to uh, return people to the word. Not some of these fancy translations that's going around. The Word of God. 
the authentic Word of God. Now again, how in the world can you minister to someone if you are ministering to someone out of a paraphrase that talks about the gospel like it's some kind of social picnic? Because we don't want to offend anyone with the strength of the gospel. You know what? We need the strength of the gospel to offend. We need the strength of the gospel to make people feel guilty. They are guilty. Unless they get freed up through the power of the cross, and that can only happen, if I remember correctly, that can only happen if they pass through that tiny little eye of the needle that's in the tree of life and go through a rebirthing process. They've got to be sucked through that hole, and they have to become nothing in order to get on the other side of that tree to become everything in Christ. And we shed off the Adamic nature like it's the snake skin. Oh no, you don't hear that preached anymore. Well, we do. Probably the people we hang out with, you do hear a lot of that preached, but classically in a church's worldview, that is not the top of their priorities and teaching topics. Do you know in my lifespan, I'm only 61, and in my lifespan, I have seen tent revivals Reduced to almost nothing. I have seen this generation go from having a hellfire damnation preacher like my grandfather up and preaching away and people were just waiting for God to do something. No, the first thing that happens in the minds of the millennials is they condemn and judge a strong preacher in order to shut him up. And they'll get up and leave. They'll post something nasty. I can't even tell you how many nasties I get posted. I'm loud. I appear to be rude. But I'm passionate about a single laser point. Not I, but Christ. Then we have rejecting this social gospel. There's our teachings on each one of these things. There's a lot of data with them. And then, of course, crisis life worldwide, persecution assistance, building an online network, networking teachers of the cross, building equipping centers, which is one of the reasons why I'm here in Knoxville, and then uh, partners in Christ. That'd be like you know, Pastor Wood and I partnering to do something together to advance this. That kind of thing. Preparing the next generation, although I tend to think two generations out, but preparing the next generation to pick up the banner, make sure what's written on that banner is this message. I'm going to show you a few points of how we get, we're getting that done right now. First one is we do weekly articles. Dr. Solomon is one of those contributors. We have dead guys that we, we, we raise their materials that's dead and make them alive again. We have a Wednesday email that goes out strictly now focused on the millennial topic. Thursdays we have all of our live guys. These are authors that we've collected that actually write on the topic of the exchange life. 
We have this Identity Matters podcast, which is what our listeners are listening to right now. We produce Identity Matters media. For example, the Philip Craig and Dean is an example of that. We will revive an old song, put it in a fresh, crisp look, and repost it with one going directly to the artist. And the artist typically refers me to their publisher if I'm asking to do stuff for them in the future. And that's how we do it. It actually opens up a dialogue with these musicians about the exchange life. Online school, we have 874 audio and video messages posted in our library. should check it out. We have our own Identity Matters Conference. It's 12 teachings on who you are in Christ, Exchange Life News, Exchange Life Publishing, the IFEL Network, Points of Transformation, and One-on-One Discipleship. Those are kind of, the, as we narrow down those passions we have, points of light, into the practical, which is what you just saw. So now let's talk about the millennials. The millennials are the rejected generation. They will, at 602-292-2982, they will agree with me. They're factory rejects. Now, when you were a teenager and you felt rejected, what'd you do? What are some of the things you did? I'll give you an example for me. I dressed like Alice Cooper. I had hair down to the middle of my back, had the same paint. I was in a band and I did the Alice Cooper set, which led me into drugs, sex, and rock and roll. But that is a rebel act to what my parents hated. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.